0: Welcome to Environmental. I'm Mary.
1: I'm Emma. And I'm Emily.
0: We're some college students who are fascinated with learning about our environment
1: and we're eager to share our journey. Environmental is a radio show committed to blowing your mind with all things environmental. We'll explore topics such as climate change, pollution, and sustainability. Join us for a a. 3am existential crisis broadcasted at just 3pm for your convenience. Happy Earth Day, everyone! Uh, happy Earth Day! Yay! We're here. It's Earth Day. We've got a
0: plant in the studio. I got a plant. I got a freaking geranium for a Ooh. dollar. What's his name? Jeremy. Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy the geranium. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it makes the
1: studio look really happy.
0: Mm-hmm. How was your day, everybody? My day was great, because I went to this awesome presentation about climate change, and
2: I learned so much, and it was so great. And I was (laughs) a student who partook in that presentation, so our um, science and policy class did a presentation at the Three Library that I talked about um, last episode. Um, You know, it was very, it was very interesting to connect with the community, to have people that are outside our realm to come and talk to us, so I I liked practicing that and you know talking to people and th- getting what they thought. And mm-hmm. So it was a really good experience. I really liked the
0: guy's presentation where he was talking about like um, how climate change was going to affect like the cost of living mm-hmm. and like um, like disease and stuff like that. I didn't really
1: think about that. I, was, I liked that one. You should say that cute thing that that old guy said. That you said. Oh yeah, it sounded really
2: so, sweet. So after my partner and I, Josie, presented, um, he came up to us afterwards, and um, he was like, I just wanted to come up and thank you for being the younger generation who, who, part of the younger generation who wants to fix the mess we left behind, and keep doing what you're doing, and I was like, oh, where did you hear about us? And he was like, oh, just from the poster outside, and Mm. thought I'd come in, and I like to go hiking, and... You know, he was, he said he remembered when the first Earth Day happened. Oh, my goodness. Which was 1970 was, was when it was passed, or made official. So I was like, that's so cool. He's like, and then I talked to him about, like, I was like, I don't know, like, what job this, where this is taking me for a career. And he was like, the jobs that you guys are going to have probably don't even exist yet.
1: I'm yeah. Slow.
2: Whoa. That's a really good point. So he's like, you, your demand is going to make that market for that career. Heck so yeah. you do you. And I was like, makes <laughs> <That's
1: so cool. laughs> <laughs> it so s- hard to plan for that career. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, not even sure what. It yeah.
2: Works. So I really just like having that validation from someone, a stranger mm-hmm. was really nice. Yeah. Tell us more about Earth Day. So uh, um, how did it, uh, how did it get started? <laughs> yeah, I, I want to know. I'm not sure Me how too. it started. Um, so, Earth Day began in 1970, um, and it was elected to the U.S. Senate in 1962. Um, Senator Gaylord Na- Nelson, a Democrat from Wisconsin, was determined to convince the federal government that the planet was at risk. In 1969, Nelson announced the Earth Day concept at a conference in Seattle, Ooh. which is cool. Go Washington. Um, in the fall... Um, of 1969 wow But repeated anyways um, and so he invited the entire nation to get involved quote Earth Day worked because of the spontaneous response at the grassroots level we had neither the time nor resources to organize 20 million demonstrators and the thousands of schools and local communities that participated so that's the remarkable thing about climate change it organized itself oh Earth Day Yo, yeah, yeah. say climate change. Yeah. <laughs> we need okay. that for climate change, yeah. but Earth Day organized itself. Yeah, so we need that same, those same vibes.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's a <laughs> cool thing about Earth Day. Like, there is so many events now, and like every mm-hmm. like um, public land trust, every wildlife refuge, every little like eco-friendly community or company have like Earth Day things. Now. Yeah, it's really it's cool.
0: A, yeah, I wonder like if. It was this big when it first started. Like, if Earth Day was a big deal, or if it was just one of those like random like national arbor holidays Day or something, <laughs> right?
1: Or like, don't say that. My friend Byron loves Arbor Day. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> arbor or, Day is great too. Trees. Oh wait. Uh, yeah. Which oh, is, is
0: that what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> what the heck, you guys? <laughs> <laughs> Trees are awesome. What's an arbor? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Okay, so now you know. <laughs> yeah, I bet it was something random though, and not just like, oh cool Earth Day. But when it the nineteen seventies and eighties was like when the environmental movement first started mm-hmm. also. Yeah. So that's probably they were probably excited about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All the all those
1: dirty hippies tree hugging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're tree hugging, so they've gotta like Earth Day. Yeah.
2: The first Earth Day was effective at raising awareness about the environmental issues and transforming public attitudes. Um, So, according to the Environmental Protection Agency, public opinion polls indicate that a a permanent change in the national priorities followed Earth Day in 1970. Wow. Which is huge. Um, When polled in May 1971, 25% of the U.S. public declared protecting the environment to be an important goal, Uh
0: um,
2: which was a... 2,500 percent increase. Oh my gosh. Over 1969. Wow. So in one year.
1: And now it's up to like 70 percent. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. And awesome. Yeah. Um, It's crazy awesome. Yes.
2: (laughs) So during the 70s a number of important uh, pieces of environmental legislation were passed. Um, the Clean Air Act, the Water Quality Improvement Act, the Endangered Species Act, and the Toxic Toxic Substance Control Act, um, along with the Surface Mining Control and Reclamation Act. Wow! So that's crazy that that movement started all this
1: acts. Yeah, I, d- yeah, I took Jenny. a intro to wildlife class at Clark, and we went through like all of the acts that were. Like enlisted about Earth Day, Earth Day or environmental things, and it's mm-hmm. like within from 1970 to like 1980. There's like so many, and like all the ones that we like know of today, like all of these ones were all during that time period. And there's like so many more that I don't even want to list because right. there's, so, there's many. so
2: much. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, um, and then they, I also found a quote from. I think it got. It was from Paul Hawken, the author of Most Comprehensive Plan Ever Proposed to reserve, uh, revert, Reverse Global Warming. We see global warming not as an inevitability, but as an invitation to build, innovate, and effect change, a pathway that awakens creativity, compassion, and genius. Whoa. Genius. This is not a liberal agenda. This is not a conservative agenda. This is a human
1: agenda. That's a good point.
2: Which is, I think we t- kind of talked about last week, about the policies and the difference. Does it matter?
1: Because we're all human. And we're all on planet we Earth. We all bleed, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have that on a t-shirt somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, so, yeah, when I was researching stuff for today, um, earthday.org is a thing. And cool. they they have a lot of really good resources. Um, you can take your plastic consumption test so you know how oh. much plastic you're using. You can do... Um, um, and then, like, there's... Th- this year's theme is to sa- species saving. Cool. And... So in their one of their areas of their website you can go and scroll down and see all the different species that, are they, that they're focusing on and when you click on it, it takes you to um, the page where it says why we need to save them, what's happening to them, and then what you can do. So if you feel like you're not doing it much today, like you didn't go plant a tree or anything, you can go to earthday.org and find out little things that you can do to protect the endangered, and it wasn't even endangered species, really, it was just everything, so I thought that was cool, um, and that was kind of the majority of the articles was, like, how can, like, you change?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of stuff, that's like, where they like to focus on for Earth Day, it's like, hey, it's Earth Day, what can you do yeah. to change your life because i posted like a list of like 10 different things and like a lot of them are pretty small like using reusable bags or like doing compost Mm -hmm. maybe composting instead of just throwing all your food scraps away because that's like a really big um waste and just even just picking like one of those things is like gonna help
2: right or
1: all of them would be cool too but
2: and then i have another quote um which is the final paragraph of nathaniel rich's new book losing earth which that might be kind of interesting everything is changing about the natural world and everything must change about the way we conduct our lives it is easy to complain that the problem is too vast and each of us is too small but there is one thing that each of us can do ourselves in our homes at our own place at our own pace Something easier than taking out the recycling or turning down the thermostat, and something more valuable. We can call the threats to our future what they are. We can call the villains villains and the heroes heroes and the victims victims and ourselves complicit. We can realize that all this talk about the faith of the Earth has nothing to do with the planet's tolerance for higher temperatures and everything to do with our own species tolerance for self-delusion. And we can understand that when we speak about things like fuel efficiency standards or gasoline taxes or methane flaring, we are speaking about nothing less than all we love and all we are. Wow. Ooh. Ooh. What's that from, Ken? Um, so that was a piece from the final paragraph of Nathaniel Rich's new book Losing Earth.
0: Wow. Oh, that was beautiful. <laughs>
1: Have you read that book, or you just read that?
2: No, I found that was in article from the New York Times. Cool, for some good news.
1: I want to read more Earth books. Mm-hmm. Some of them are sad, but this one sounds sad. But
2: have you read the Sixth Extinction one Mm-mm. by Elizabeth Colbert? How you how you doing on that? Mm, I haven't started yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's okay. Um, it, it is kind of. It's not really like. Doomsday, but um, it does talk about specific sh- species that have gone extinct, hence the sixth extinction and how yeah. we are going to be the cause of that.
1: There's so. another new book called Uninhabitable Earth that I want to read. Oh, oh. that yeah.
2: sounds familiar.
0: Um, is it by, like, a journalist? Like, some, um, I feel like I've, <laughs> I feel like I saw a um, Joe Rogan Podcast about that, about that book. Um, it's by author.
1: David Wallace Wells. Oh. I heard. I feel like, like an interview of him on like NPR. Cool. Sunday Times and New York Times bestseller. Cool. Nice. It's on my Amazon wish list. So if anyone wants to get it for me, settle. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Subtle. laughs> <laughs> yeah. W- in, instead of. On Earth Day, we should give each other <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Get each other well, books? Not books. Book day. Like, do you want a geranium? I I don't want to take ger-, ger geranium. Okay, formula. that's fine because I didn't want to <laughs> give it to you. <laughs> well, I mean, like you know how we? I mean, I'm pretty sure like a huge market for is like holidays. You know, like how Halloween. Oh, you know what I mean? like,
0: like turn. Birthday Turn birthday into a consumer, consumer holiday. holiday. Like yes. Like Christmas.
2: Thank you so much. You <laughs> worded that. That's exactly what <laughs> I was trying to say.
0: But instead of buying, like, stupid crap that you don't need for mm-hmm. Christmas presents, you can buy, like, eco-friendly stuff or, like, uh, something that partial profits go to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, conservation. Yeah. Donate yeah, to that'd be awesome. local conservation efforts. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's a really good... Yeah. <gasps> Americans love to spend money, so Emily sitting on top of a million-dollar
1: idea. You're gonna oh, shoot. You no get one get write that down. You're not gonna get any <laughs> money for it, though. If other people are.
2: Well, because I just blurted it out loud <laughs> for the whole world. Uh, oh, well,
0: whoops. Okay. okay, it's for the g- greater good. It's being recorded, so you can just claim. Like, oh, you're right. You copyright. Said. Yeah. <sighs> yes. Genius.
1: Boom. Um. <laughs> we could sell merch I feel like people already do this so I don't know <laughs> yeah, that's a good point I feel like this didn't you just say this started in 1970 I bet they had t-shirts back then already too yeah but we're gonna sell t-shirts
2: okay okay but honestly um, let then us you're know just if you want a t-shirt company so let us know if you want a t-shirt because I really want a t-shirt we want to get t-shirts but then we feel weird just wearing our own t-shirts do you want a t-shirt <laughs> yeah sure and they're going to... What should they say? Environmental mental on them. Yes. I kind of want one that just says, Climate change. Really big, too. Because I <laughs> yeah, was... Yeah, I would wear that. <laughs> I was, like, hunting all night on Amazon one night for climate change shirt. And th- they have one that's, like... That just, like, says... Sti- it's, like, stitched. But I don't even think... It was, like, a... It's not even Amazon. It's, like, a super fancy, expensive shirt that some name brand made. And I'm, like, I just wanted to say... Climate change in big letters across the big, front.
1: bold red letters, <laughs> and then they'll yeah. wrap it up with styrofoam peanuts and send it to you. And Then you'll have to throw away all the styrofoam peanuts. <laughs> okay,
0: and you'll feel really <laughs> great about that decision. I think I've seen something like that on like Etsy or something. Um, Etsy has a lot of like the climate change, but is they're real like oh li- uh, we
2: they're all like
0: obscure. I just want the. B- you should just make it. Yeah. Just
1: go so. type in "make own t shirt" on Google. They have. I did. It you seems did. really difficult. I'm not very crafty, and I hate. It's not that also. you just you just you like enter in a text box over a t shirt, and type in climate change, and then but they'll then, print it for you.
2: But then they'll still be sending it to me in a in a peanut box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, it's it's for the greater good. I'll just reuse those peanuts when I move. Yeah. That's good. There you go. Just one, probably never, but one peanut at a time. Um. <laughs> I'll use them as my Christmas decorations instead of buying into the consumer holiday. There you go. <laughs> I'll
1: string <laughs> the peanuts on my tree. Yeah, then they'll be like snowflakes. Yes. So we also have uh, good, happy Earth news to share yeah, so we're with We're focusing you. <laughs> on only good, only good stuff. happy things. Yeah. Um, so our mention of the uninhabitable Earth isn't that happy sounding but moving on the rest is only happy (laughs) stuff because we need to be positive and we also need to know that we can do this and that we can like change the earth for good and that things have already changed for good because I know a lot of like news media usually shows us only the really terrible things that are happening but if you actually look into it there's actually a lot of like really good things that are happening um and just some random happy story for you. Um, they have now are using drones to plant trees, and because planting trees is really environmentally friendly, um, there's a tech company called BioCarbon Engineering that has developed drones that plant trees. And they um, don't plant like full size or like small, saline sized trees. They um, uh, like fly around and like eject um, germinated seeds into the ground. Oh yeah! What the heck? The other words that they used was like implant seeds into the ground. (laughs) This seems like a lot of weird words you could use for that, but um, inject was the word that I used. Um, And it was developed by an ex NASA engineer, and he is mostly right now doing it in uh, Myanmar. And they've planted over six million trees. And by the end of the year, they hope to plant 4 million more.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Um, and it's this article um, that I that I heard about it from was written by um, McKinley Corbley. And he, he was saying that um, be, the drones, obviously, they plant trees, like, a lot faster than um, than by human hands. And the article said um, that faster than locals being forced to plant them by oh. hand. And I was like, seriously? People aren't being forced to plant trees? Like... There's usually, like, volunteer efforts yeah. to go and plant trees. People aren't being forced into it. <laughs> it just sounded very um, mm. weird how they phrased it. But... Um, it's like a slavery market. Yeah, I don't know.
0: <laughs> planting trees.
1: Um, but now with his um, drones that he's got, he can. he's trained, um, like, two locals can fly a fleet of ten drones and potentially have um, the possibility to plant 400,000 trees per day. What? Just wow. using like two people and ten drones. So,
0: oh my gosh, how, did, how do you
1: drive a fleet of ten drones? Uh, like, you, you just, just program do, like, them. Sometimes the remote controls have like a screen on them, and you can also program them if they know like the area well. Mm. That's crazy. Yeah, four hundred
2: thousand a day.
1: Yeah, per day. Yeah. Oof. Um, and they hope that they want to like make sure that the trees survive and that it's like a viable idea and so far they have been growing well um, but they want to make sure they grow well before they start doing it everywhere else all over the world but that's their that's their goal So
2: heck yeah that's
0: awesome um, I have this article and it's saying that um, if we plant 1.2 trillion trees that could like um, offset like the climate change it could like suck up like a bunch of co2 needed to like stop climate change I or think yeah, yeah. Um, I can, it, that's doable well with the drones like yeah
1: he said he planted four million oh st- almost 10 million by the end of the year
2: that that's okay cool. where so where is that again
1: in Myanmar so all the trees that they planted have only been in Myanmar
0: hmm where's my Myanmar, Myanmar? Is that
1: um, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, like, in Thailand. Yeah, it's a country. Oh, okay. But it's, like, um, north of Thailand. Oh. oh okay. nice. Officially the Republic of the Union of Myanmar, also known as Burma. Oh. Okay. That's just off the top <laughs> oh, of my head. Oh, okay. <laughs> now I know. <laughs> cool. This is not a geography class. <laughs> we're not geography majors. <laughs> we're environmental science majors. Um,
0: don't we keep going. Or you got more tree stuff? Um, I don't think I have more tree stuff. But can I talk about? Can we talk about Leonardo DiCaprio for a second? <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think that he needs a moment of recognition and appreciation. <laughs> this one, this one is for you, Leo. If you're um, listening out there, <laughs> we know you are. Which you will one day. Um, yeah, he uh, made that documentary before the flood. Um, he also, like, there was this, Emily, me and you were talking about this. I don't know if you heard about it. There was, like, Russia had this, like, underground, like, whale and dolphin, um... Like, market? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you told me about that. Oh, really? Yeah.
2: Okay. For, like, to build SeaWorld or something, right?
0: Well, like, China is building a bunch of um, amusement parks, like, pretty much, like, SeaWorld. So, Russia was, like, hoarding all of these whales and dolphins and, like, selling them to China. And, um a drone actually caught footage of, like, the whales and stuff, and it, like, got leaked out, and everyone was like, oh, my gosh, it's awful. Friend Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> started a petition, and he got, like, um, I think, like, a million people to sign it, and he ended up, like, getting all those whales released in, like, back into the ocean. Wow. Yeah. Where and do you think um, SeaWorld
1: got their whales from? Russia? Probably, yeah. Clearly. Most likely. Oh, really? Well, a lot of the whales that are in the industry are from before that there was... Standards and they're like whales that live a decent length of time, so they're like they're still there. Oh, but that's not happening, so we're not (laughs) about (laughs) about it. (laughs) Yeah, I I
2: appreciate (laughs) the fact that he is a celebrity and he's using his platform for more than just being in a commercial,
1: exactly. Yeah, or like
2: just posting at one time. He's doing a
1: bunch of stuff. Oh, yeah, he's got his whole like um, his whole nonprofit, too. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
2: and all of his social media platforms are always about. Climate change. Yeah.
0: That's and awesome. he also, uh, so Jane Goodall just had um, a birthday at the beginning of the month, the beginning of April. I think it was like a- April 2nd or something. And he threw her a birthday
1: party. Oh my <laughs> gosh. <Aww. laughs> what?
0: Yeah. I was reading like an article about Jane Goodall and um, uh, I can talk about that in a second too. But um, that's so sweet. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> And good friend Leonardo DiCaprio threw her a birthday party, so I thought that was sweet. So I just feel like every once in a while I'll like read uh, like an environmental article, and his name will just like pop up, and he'll just like do something like really cool for the environment. And so I appreciate you,
2: Leo. (laughs) Leo. Um, Another thing that just came out too was um, Earth. We love we love the earth. Oh yeah, which is a song by Lil Dicky, and it's it is very you know what's that word that I, uh, that I came crude? up with? Crude. The humor in it is kind of crude, but you know, it, it it's if it's going to reach a broader audience then I'm all for it. Mm-hmm.
0: That's another person who is like using their platform to really like bring um, awareness and attention to like environmental issues. Yeah
2: oh, okay so it's just called Earth and it's by Lil Dicky and it has a ton of celebrities in it and they all in the music video they all portray animals and then he so they, <laughs> <laughs> he, they talk about how we all Live here. We all need to come together, and we have this issue. We're facing this issue, and so it's time for us to come together and address it and do oh something gosh. about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like. I like it. Um, the song is like kind of silly and like um, kind of ironic, but then at the end, like he really like takes a few minutes to like explain the situation, explain like the whole like twelve year mark, and mm-hmm. um, which like I feel like even you know. Like it's not common knowledge. Like the twelve-year mark was impressive because I feel Mm -hmm. like that's not
2: like common knowledge. Mm -hmm. So shows that he knows like something about it. Yeah, that's cool. And if you go to their his website for the song, he has videos explaining these different tiers in this complex issue. Oh, wow. wow. Nice. But those are also kind of crude, but it's it's it, it keeps it entertaining. Like, no one's going to want to sit and watch a scientist ex- try to explain. Yeah. So it's like, since he, he has that platform, he's able to, to use that humor
1: to, yeah. like, reach people. He's trying to make something for his audience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So I appreciate that he, that he's
1: cool. doing that. I was out of town this weekend, so I did not watch listen to that, but I will have to yeah. later. Yeah.
2: Um, and also... Uh, Twitter reminded me of Mitchell Musso's um, "The Three R's" song, oh. <laughs> which is the Disney Channel uh, oh, okay. original. Oh my gosh! Reduce, reuse, recycle, and Mitchell Musso does a fantastic job of singing about oh, the three R's.
0: Is that the guy from Han Montana? Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! So thank you, Mitchell, for, for awesome. that. Back in the day, <laughs> we all need to listen to that. So that's on our Insta story if you want to... Oh, good. (laughs) good. If you need some Earth Day bops. Earth Day jams.
1: Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Uh, Well, I've got another cool, happy Earth Day thing. Yeah, let's hear it. (laughs) If I could stop imagining those people singing those songs. It's so good. (laughs) You need to watch it. It's really good. Um, uh, I found out that there is the first solar-powered city, uh, and it's in Babcock Ranch in Florida. And they are, like, an intentional community. Um, a, it's actually created by Sid Kitson, which I don't know um, football, but it's, he's a formal NFL lineman for the Dallas Cowboys and Green Bay Packers. And hey. he, like, found this 17,000-acre property um, that was in abandoned um, mining land. And he turned it into a intentional community with a, um, expansive solar farm with nearly 35, 350,000 solar panels. Whoa. So it's entirely like run by solar power. Um, and there's not a ton of people live there yet. Um, obviously they're like selling plots of land, but it's like fairly reasonably priced houses um between 190,000 and 500,000 dollars okay I was gonna ask reasonable like
2: who lives there like who's going
1: there I'm not sure who lives there
2: like just people that are from the surrounding communities or
1: yeah probably um there's um 45,000 residents right now
2: oh wow that's a lot I wait, was picturing, wait, no. like,
1: a... Oh, wait. I read that incorrectly. The current population is still small, It didn't give me a number, but it says, um, soon it will be 45,000 Oh,
2: Because oh, oh. I'm kind of
1: picturing, like, a little Amish. Place. Yeah, wait, I'm possibly. sorry, where is this place? Babcock Ranch in Florida.
0: Oh, it's in Florida?
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. You should... You should visit. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm gonna be in Florida
0: in November. I'm go. I'm coming to...
1: Babcock. <laughs> Babcock. <laughs> There's also... You can rent a hotel there, too, so you can... Um, stay How there. cute! So
0: and the hotel is powered by all renewable energy. Yeah. <gasps> oh my gosh. See, we need that. That reminds me of, um, I think it's, like, this place in Puerto Rico. Um, they got hit by this really bad hurricane, like, a year ago-ish, or like, two years ago or something like that. Anyway, there's, like, this one city who, um, whose energy they got from, like, solar solar panels and so when like everyone was out of power and like didn't have access to water they all went to a like, city um, because it was already
1: running on renewable
0: energy. Wow. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. I don't remember the name of it but...
1: Well yeah and with more like hurricanes and stuff in those areas like solar power will probably be really smart as long mm-hmm. as those don't get messed up either but but then you won't have to be connected to the grid and then if you get off cut off the grid because of a natural disaster or something, then you've got solar, pan- solar right. panels.
0: Right, yeah. And even if, like, one, like, let's say if the whole country, or, wait, uh, territory? Is Puerto Rico territory? If, like, the whole territory, if one, wait, okay.
1: Just say it like you mean <laughs> it. It's okay.
0: <laughs> if the whole territory, like, ran on uh, renewable energy, like, even if one part got hit by, like, a hurricane, they could just go to, like, all the other... Parts of the territory, and like they would all have energy. Yeah.
1: You know, yeah. Once again, it's not a geography <laughs> <Yeah>. podcast. <laughs> it's okay. Um, uh, we've also talked about coral reefs a lot, um, or at least a little bit, in um, previous episodes. And um, today I'm going to share with you some happy news about a coral reef that was taken off the endangered places list. Which, I didn't know that there were endangered places list, Yeah, but that's another <laughs> thing. <laughs> just like there's endangered species lists, um, they have um, the UNESCO World Heritage um, Center has a whole list of endangered places, and the Belize Barrier Reef Reserve System um, was on that list in 2009, and they just took it off.
0: Woohoo! Yay!
1: And, um, it was put on the list mostly due to, um, unsustainable tourism. Um, so just, like, too many people in the area, Um, like, sort of essentially trampling it. Shocker. Yeah, so, um... But they kind of have regulated that and um, found different ways to protect the reef, and then also um, banned oil exploration a- along the entire maritime zone of the country um, as of um, 2017, um, late 2017, which has um, also strengthened the area. and And then they've made um, enhanced some um, forestry efforts along the coastline, which I think has also sort of helped. As like a buffer to the area, so. So coral reefs are not entirely doomed. There are some that are... We, you just have
2: to go to Belize now. Yeah. Um, speaking of things that are m- moving away from endangered, um, the California condor is, might be back. Um, so it's been 127 years since California condors were seen in the wilderness of the Pacific Northwest, but that's about to change. Um, So the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service is planning to introduce a small group of condors um, to Northern California, Northwest Nevada, and across the state of Oregon as a means of developing a stable, non-essential population into the wild. So I think that would be pretty cool seeing a giant condor flying around. Um, What do they mean by
1: non-essential population?
2: Maybe it's not... I, when I read that, I thought, like, it's, like it's okay if it's. They're
1: preferred to
0: be there, but it's just. It's not, not going to, like. Yeah, it's yeah. like a test right now. So. It's
2: not like it's going to collapse the or it affect, like, a major, the populations yeah. that they have.
1: Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Um,
2: and um, so, it's the largest land bird in North America. Um, and it was placed on the endangered species list on March 11th, in 1967, due to the species suffering from lead poisoning. Oh my God, um, A severe geez. population bottleneck and a loss of genetic diversity. And all remaining wild condors were captured. Um, and by 1987, the condor existed only in captivity. You I know? Had no, I had no idea.
1: You want to know why they died of lead poisoning? Why? Um, so California condors, um, tend to eat, um, animals that are dead on the side of the road and things like (gasps) that. And the thing is, is that the condors, um, also eat, they aren't super selective of what parts of the animal they eat. Um, they just kind of, they're scavengers. They just kind of eat whatever's left over. And if like hunters, um, shot a deer or in the forest or, um, any type of, um, hunting, the bullets get into that animal And then if they um, get stuck or stay in the animal and the hunter doesn't, like, retrieve the animal, then, and if it dies in the woods somewhere, then the condor would go and scavenge it and then end up eating the bullets, which um, bullets end up having lead in them Mm -hmm. because before regulations and then also it's not, where you know, bullets are meant to kill something. It doesn't really, they didn't think that it would matter if it had lead in it. So, um, But now they're kind of noticing, like, oh, this is, like, this lead is causing harm to the animals in the area if the hunters don't, like, retrieve the animal, so. Dang.
2: That's interesting. Yeah. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, you wouldn't think, like, that some little small metal thing would have a big impact, but, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't think they do lead or as much lead in full of snow.
2: When you first said, I thought, like, the animals, like, got hit by cars. (laughs) (laughs) Lead-painted cars. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, oh, I don't think that's. But anyways, they're they might be coming back. They're 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 gonna try. So if you see a giant humongo <laughs> bird, I think don't be scared. Thanks. I
1: think I did I didn't see one, but someone on my Instagram that I follow, they posted a picture that oh, they saw a oh. condor in California because <gasps> oh, cool. they're from California, and it was like massive. It was like this giant bird on a rock. It's like huge.
2: Yeah, so, yeah, that's kind of scary. don't be scared think think wow it's kind of scary yeah jiminy (laughs) the the species isn't endangered anymore
0: i've actually this is a side note but i've heard that like um what did you call them scavengers Mm -hmm. like and like vultures and i guess that other species are like super important to um like the life cycle are they mm -hmm. a keystone
2: species you might say
0: not i don't know they have a very unique
2: role yeah Yeah. like they
0: have a very unique Uh, and very important role in it but kind of in a different way and um i listened to a podcast about it and they're saying like um they're so like essential to like kind of breaking down like um like basically dead animals and turning it into nutrients that like Mm -hmm. they that species evolved like in separate parts of the world like completely independently like they just they all evolved because it was like needed for the environment basically so like even if um like the bird doesn't like migrate there like it just like evolves
1: I don't know but yeah it's they need that meat right arose that someone's got to eat all that stuff that nobody else wants to eat pretty mm-hmm. much and then they stepped up and or evolved didn't step up but They evolved into that role. I'll do it. I'll eat the (laughs) roadkill. Fine.
2: When when you mentioned you heard about it in a different podcast, are we breaking (laughs) the third wall by talking about a podcast on our podcast?
0: Maybe,
1: but I think (laughs) I
0: think that's okay. I think so too.
1: Podcasts are awesome. I learned so many things from them. Yes,
2: I hope you all are learning lots. (laughs) Feeling good (laughs) about this. Good news, yeah.
1: Not learning geography so. though. I think we might have to change that.
2: Yeah, <laughs> well, I'll just cut that out. Yeah, that's
1: a that's a different <laughs> podcast.
2: Yeah, we're actually that's a
0: how to geology. Mm. Like, no, geology
1: is <laughs> different. <laughs> <That's> oh wait! <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> okay, we only know environmental science. Nothing so we're not going to
2: mention any other <laughs> ologies.
1: <laughs> um. I've got an
0: article about um, India. Cool. So, so um, is it good? Yeah, it's it's great. Developing nations in general are um, taking like the lead in renewable energy, um, and India is the second top nation for renewable energy, which is awesome because India is also like the second most populated country. Yeah. So if we can get if they, like, run on renewable energy, they're not using, like, coal. That's going to reduce their CO2 footprint, and it's going to be really good for the atmosphere.
1: Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeehaw. <laughs> oh, I had one more thing to talk about. I forgot. Are you... I can do it later, though. No, you should okay. do it now. I <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually... Um, speaking of, like, different countries and things like that, um, you reminded me. Um, so, like, most people know about, like, different countries like GDP or, like, their population um, or even their, like, carbon emissions. But um, not everyone knows that there is a uh, another type of index that categorizes countries by how good they are.
0: Aww. Oh, yeah.
1: And um, thanks to my friend Byron for showing me this. But it is literally called the Good Country Index and ranks um, countries by how good they are. And so it takes into account things like um, education, science progression, um, war or peace, mm-hmm. trade, culture, health, censorship, um, human rights, um, the environment, and freedom. So, lots of different things that they take into account. Um, And it's (laughs) created by Salmon... Salmon? (laughs) Salmon? Um, It's
0: (laughs) created by Salmon.
1: (laughs) Those Salmon that we've been screwing over in our rivers, they decided to pick their favorite countries. Um, Created by Simon Anholt, who is a policy advisor um, who actually gives advice to countries all over the world. He's like... Multiple different countries kind of use him for help with um, creating policy that benefits them. And so not all countries were ranked, but they ranked um, 153 countries. And the top countries are (laughs) Uh, number one is Finland.
0: Finland!
1: Yeah, number two (laughs) is the Netherlands. The
2: Netherlands!
1: (laughs) Number three is Ireland. Uh, Ireland! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I just got two more, we can, don't have to keep screaming. Uh, (laughs) Number four is Sweden, and number five is Germany. Um, and most, um, other, uh, countries in the top ten are actually mainly European countries. Um, some other big countries, um, Canada is number 11 on the list, UK is number 15, Iceland is number 36, and the USA is number 40. Um, but, oh, yes. <laughs> 40? yeah, 40? Come on, guys. Yeah, I had to scroll down a while. You're like, I Um, but they're all kind of all, they're also, you can also go and look up the good country index and find out what areas that those countries are ranked in the most. So like Finland is number one, but they're not necessarily number one in all of the different sectors, Okay. but it kind of averages that, um, out all of the different sectors that they do their index on to pick the top ones. So, but USA wasn't top in anything. So don't get too excited. (laughs) Um, but it's cool that you can just see. So other countries um, like Norway and Switzerland, Switzerland were actually ranked first and second on the environmental category, mm-hmm. nice. which um, was cool to see. And then um, a lot of other countries can kind of see what Norway and Switzerland are doing, see how it's working in their country, see what policies that they have in their countries, and see how they could maybe evolve the ideas that um, Norway and Switzerland have into our own countries. So um, – Seem pretty cool. It's actually a really cool site to explore and just how they um, break it down. I think there was um, ten or eleven different um, indexes, and you can kind of see how they. Where
2: do we them. go to find that? In um, the, in the just
1: index. Good Country Index. I think it's GoodCountryIndex.org. Oh, okay.
2: Cool. Nice
1: yeah and he also has a TED talk that I didn't realize that I'd already seen before um, and he kind of it d- makes a good visual of um, over time how the countries have changed um, and he comes out with a new a new like leading country um, every year or so oh
2: okay so it changes quite often yeah
1: then. yeah and then he kind of uses this index is like a platform to talk to countries who are like, hey, you're number 87 on the environment list. Like, what can we do to change this? Like, look at all these other countries. Look there, look at um, Switzerland. They're at number two. Maybe let's, like, adapt some of their policies and, and change it so you can use this too. So he uses it as a sort of educational and policy change thing too.
2: Cool. So. Nice. That it sounds like some very good... News.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Germany is, like, number five, right? Something like that?
2: Um, yes. <sighs> um,
0: yeah. Did you know that they are number one in recycling?
1: Oh, shoot. <laughs> Perfect. That makes sense. <laughs> does it? Does? It does. <laughs> no, well, if they're number five on here, then it makes sense that they'd be number one on oh. this other thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what I meant. I oh. don't...
0: Wait, actually, I might have to take that back. It's either, like, recycling or just, like, minimal amount of, um, like, plastic pollution. Because mm-hmm. I remember for the plastic episode that we did, like, the, um, I looked up, like, the worst countries, and then I was like, oh, I, like, I want to know what the best country is, and it's Germany. That's
1: crazy. I um, would never have thought of that.
0: Right? Yeah. yeah. You don't think of Germany when you
1: think of, um... You think of, like, beer and stuff. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, and if you're traveling to Germany, then you should fly with Boeing because apparently Boeing is offering a biofuel to fuel their airlines. Cool. So um, traveling and flying um, creates a lot of like pollution and is really bad for like the atmosphere. So if we could switch to biofuel, that would be awesome. And I guess that's what Boeing is trying to do so yeah, fly with
1: them Air, like airplanes use a ton of gasoline yeah so that means they say that you should just not fly anymore if you can help it to mm. cut off emissions from that and, and when you do fly
2: don't get snacks don't get the plastic
1: oh there's so much like waste they give yeah. you the little cup the little plastic cup on the little napkin mm-hmm. and then they do that for like everyone in the flight and then they just throw it away just like oh my gosh so much. And like, and then their dinner meal sometimes, you know how you,
2: like if you fly long enough, you get dinner, and mm-hmm. then it's oh, of course, that's not, and it's not served hot, fresh off a ceramic dish; it's in a plastic thing. hmm. But, but the good for them, that's good. That's so good. Good, 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 get a good, good. You're
1: stuck on like a 12-hour flight. People will just eat anything <laughs> and say it to them.
2: So yeah. Well,
1: what well, a great
2: Earth Day! Yeah, filled with g- lots of good news. I hope this episode uplifted you out of the dark doom depression that we're. That is reality. That is. Oh <laughs> wait, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's like kind of sunny outside too. So yeah. yeah, and they were selling plants on campus, which is how we have our little Germy Jeremy. Jeremy in here. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, so make sure to... Oh! I didn't what? even announce... What? That we're on Spotify now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah! I've just I've posted it on our social media. So I um, I'm used this app that has... Um, automatically gets us on to all these platforms for us. Um, so, wait, let me just... Check. I was just really excited about Spotify because that's what I personally use, so Mm -hmm. I feel like
1: official um, to be there. Yeah, that's That's so awesome. It's good to be on multiple platforms. So, Mm -hmm.
0: and Emily did this all herself. So thank you so much.
2: You're You're so welcome. Okay, so currently we're on Anchor, which is this app that I'm used to distribute. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. Mm-hmm. So if you have any of those, um, you can find us on there. Um, it. I noticed on Spotify, you can't search us. You have to use the link that I provide oh, okay. either mm-hmm. on Facebook or on Instagram. Okay. So it'd be easier than trying to search us. Yeah, until we get
1: some more followers, then probably yes. it'd be easier to search. Right, because
2: we're not. What are you <laughs> talking about?
1: We need, like, 10,000 followers for it to find you find on the search. You. So we've got just, like, just under that. But if you go and follow <laughs> us, then we yes, should we just, us you should push us up wanna, the you,
2: Don't you want to be the 10,000th
1: yeah. listener? You'll get a t-shirt if you are the 10,000th <laughs> <laughs> I can make that claim. Okay. okay. <laughs> I will make that claim. <laughs>
2: So, yeah, so I just <laughs> thought that was a big accomplishment that we made it to Spotify. And so that way, I feel like that's an easier way for people to listen instead of having to download SoundCloud or this Anchor app. You know, we're, we're out there. That's awesome. So, yeah, go follow us on there and listen. I only have the three episodes up there. Um, our best, I believe. So, oh, yeah, and then next week...
1: Pom pom pom. We won't be here. Next week is finals week, so next
2: week is finals week. We this
1: will week
0: is dead week. We are we're dead. This week. <laughs> we're dead.
1: <laughs> but yeah, next week is finals week. So go take a break. Go listen to some other podcasts. But then come back afterwards. And then it'll be summertime, and we're gonna be like transitioning into summertime. And yeah, um, kind of we'll probably take probably a couple weeks break. Yeah just to be like cover from finals week and yeah take a big breath yeah. and um and it'll probably be starting to get nice so we'll be enjoying the sunshine so and we'll be ethically enjoying the outdoors. yes <laughs> yeah not trampling any dandelions <laughs> <laughs> that grew back
2: but yeah so this is our kind of our last episode for a little bit for the semester until we tell me see what's next so, thank you guys so much for listening and, f- you know, following us on our journey. I appreciate you. Yeah, it's
1: been fun to join you guys. Thanks for letting me jump in yeah. on this. It's cool. Yeah. It's awesome. I Mary, didn't think I would be here, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like Cook Radio. <laughs> right?
2: Mary, do you have any last words? <laughs> <laughs> any final words?
0: Mm-hmm. Um. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Th- thanks for listening, and I'm going to look forward to um, not doing homework, not doing homework, not stressing <laughs> about finals.
2: <laughs> yes. All right. Well, I'm going to insert some cool they, like the anchor website. They yeah. have like sound bites. Yeah. <laughs> I'll t- insert or I'll insert some like applause now. <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: little children's oh screaming. thank you thank you <laughs> everybody yeah, thank you, you shouldn't <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> all
2: right okay okay bye bye